0: This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca on Talk Radio AM 640.
1: Hello and welcome to The Parenting Show with me, your host, Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca. Guys, it is 2017 and social media is just booming. The majority of people have some sort of social media account, if, if not multiple accounts. Am I right, Sandra? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's Sandra Carusi, our executive producer. Everyone. Hello. Um, so people out there if they don't have one social media account, they probably have multiple from Facebook to Instagram to Snapchat to LinkedIn, you name it, uh, they've got it. And, and some of those people that we're talking about are tweens, Mm. which means under the age of 13. And uh, in that demographic, one of the big things too, is online gaming. So social media, you know, it can be a great thing. It's You know, Sandra, you've got accounts, I've got accounts. It's a great way to connect with people Mm. that we maybe don't see all the time, Um, but there's also a very scary side to it. Uh, There's a whole world out there that some of us parents don't know about, and if our kids are on social media, we need to be aware of the danger. So guys, we are going to get serious today. Social media can be fun, it can be interesting, it can be a fantastic tool. But again, it can be a scary, dangerous world. Um, so like I said, we've got executive producer Sandra Crucey here, mm-hmm. and she is the mother of two boys. Mortified. Seven-year-old and yep. an 11-year-old. Yeah. And her oldest one is online. So mm-hmm. Sandra, are you ready for what's in store today? Yeah,
2: because I was just talking to our guest, uh, uh, and I just realized that I have done the number one parenting boo-boo that you're supposed to do is allow my 11 year old on Instagram
1: so we're gonna find out why that's a boo-boo and we're gonna introduce our guest <laughs> mr. Paul Davis he is a social networking safety expert um, so Paul Davis how are you
3: I'm excellent thank you for having me
1: Paul you know this stuff inside and out
0: hmm
3: well let's say I've been in IT for the past 27 years professionally and so I guess I understand a little bit about it. And six years ago, at my daughter's school, the principal and I got into a conversation as to why kids get in trouble using technology. And I quite simply put, because moms and dads give their kids everything they want. Mm-hmm. And yes. they'll put rules in place to protect them. One thing led to another. And as of last Friday, sorry, last Thursday in Ottawa, I've now reached 355,000 students across three provinces and three states. I've had the pleasure of educating the Department of National Defense, the Ontario Provincial Police, the Alberta RCMP, and Canada Border Services. And this is my life: awesome. speaking to kids during the day and educating them, and then educating parents in the evening. So that's my typical day at a school. Mm.
1: So that's just a Thank tad you. bit impressive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and you've also done a TED Talk on this.
3: Wow, I didn't. It's called uh, "Accountability and Responsibility in a Digital World." So I had to take what normally I deliver to high school students, which is about sixty-five minutes, and shrink it down to sub eighteen minutes according oh my to the gosh. text. So it was about a fifteen-minute story. So it's Pretty cool. It's it's amazing how it's been viewed globally and where I get requests um, to speak now from. It's pretty cool.
2: Are you based out of Toronto
1: here?
3: I'm a Vaughn citizen.
1: Okay. A Vaughn citizen. Vaughn. You speak to students all across.
3: Three provinces, three states. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm not international. I'm North American.
2: No, it's good to hey, know because this good. show is carried on iTunes and people hear, hear about us across awesome. everywhere. And they'll want to get a hold of you.
1: And this is great because mm-hmm. what we're going to discuss today on the show goes across, like, mm-hmm. the country. worldwide. Web. Yes. It's like, yeah. it's for everyone who has a social media account, and it's for parents who are, you know, hearing their kids saying, oh, come on, Mom, it's just Snapchat. Come mm-hmm. on. Like, oh, I just want to go on Instagram. Not Facebook, Snapchat. Or why can't I play this online mm-hmm. game? It's just, I'm just playing a game with some people online. It's fun. There's I, no harm I- in that.
2: I physically feel uneasy about what I'm going to hear from you, Paul. I'm just going to tell you as I speak for many parents.
3: Is that coffee spiked?
2: Oh, God. Just because I know, like what Pina's saying, like you know, because that's what my kids say to me all the time. And I feel horrible. And then I let them do it. And then I snoop around and then wish I didn't.
3: Right. Listen, I, it's a parent's responsibility to understand what their kids are utilizing online and what they've empowered them with. Most importantly, what have you empowered them with? So what games are they playing? Let's talk about gaming. Mm-hmm. Is the game that they're playing age appropriate? You said your child's, I think, 11, you said? Mm-hmm. All right. Everything rated E and E10+, is acceptable. Anything rated T for teen obviously has a component, which shouldn't be in their <coughs> life. But, you know, today when I leave here, I'll service <laughs> some kids, and I'll ask them, what are you playing online? And they will tell me. They will know the top two games associated with bullying of kids, which are Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto, both mm-hmm. rated M17 because of the sexual content, the violence, the um, imagery, the... Um, There's a lot of content that is just not age appropriate, but most importantly, the sexuality in some of these games like Grand Theft Auto V. And kids will actually admit to playing these games. In the evening, I would ask parents, what were you thinking? Mm -hmm. It's stated in perfectly legible English as to why your child shouldn't be playing the game. And then we go over all the reasons as to why they shouldn't be. Now forget about what they visually see. Then there's the online component. And a lot of kids will tell me they're playing with their friends. They're not friends. They're people they met online. People they, they think they know. They don't know these people. They mm-hmm. kind of know. They might know. Those aren't friends. And bullying is a huge problem mm-hmm. online. So you've got the, the the context of the game, which is not age appropriate. And then they go online and they get even more. Yeah. Go
1: ahead. So, Paul, hold on. I want to draw back a second. So you said E is okay.
3: E is for everyone.
1: Um. Then you said E.
3: E 10 plus. Everyone 10 years of age and older.
1: And what are the other?
3: T for teen. Uh-huh. M 17. Is Every, everyone 17 years of age and older? Mm-hmm. And then there's actually one even higher, which is A for adult, which is because there's a ton of pornography in the game.
1: Oh. So, what happens if my. It's coming from the non gamer here. Oh. That's why. Thank you for, for letting me Dude. know what
3: those. Oh, um, and there's a great website for parents too. It's called esrb.org. Mm-hmm. And they're the organization that reviews the game, they give a complete description of the game. And then they finally stamped the game with the age requirement E, E ten plus. Just like the movies, right? yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay. So Courtney will put this on the parenting show at Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, ESRB dot org, amongst other things, we're going to hear today from. Yeah, Paul. we're
1: going to share a lot of info there. So be sure to check it out. Facebook.com slash the parenting show. So we are going to get into. Thanks, <laughs> Sandra. May cry. That's me whimpering, and it's going to get brutally honest. It's going to get real. Now we have it all here for you on The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca. Stay tuned for more.
0: You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Talk Radio, AM 640.
1: We're joined in studio today with social media safety expert Paul Davis and executive producer Sandra Carusi. We're talking about social media. We're talking about online safety, the dangers, how to protect your kids, things that you need to know as parents, especially if you've got children that are wanting to get online. Um, Are they ready for it? Are you ready for it? What do we have to do? I was checking out guardchild.com Mm -hmm. And there's a stat there that says law enforcement says that more than 50 percent, sorry, 50,000 sexual predators are online at any given given moment. That's scary.
2: And 44 percent of tweens admitted they've watched something online their parents wouldn't approve of. Only 28 percent of parents were aware of this. That's scary. Scary. Like my
1: kids are five, three and one. I'm not there yet. But Sandra, you are because your boys are 11 and seven, and uh, we were talking with Paul about online gaming, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, because Sandra, your oldest, your eleven-year-old, yes. does play games yeah, online.
2: He wants to, yeah. And of course, I try to keep my eye on the E rating, mm-hmm. um, but then you know, it starts with all my friends are playing whatever it is on the M rating on Xbox, and he goes on and on. You get worn down. You're tired. You're working. You don't know what's going on. You're letting them play. You're kind of watching. You're kind of not. Paul, it's, it's the parents' fault.
3: Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> every parent has to pick up their, their game. They have to step up their game and put all excuses aside. We live in the greatest country on earth. They're, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about a first world problem here. Yes. I say this every week. It's ridiculous that we're speaking about this. This is a first world problem. There are real problems in the world. If we just step up our game plan as a parent and say, look, here are the rules of my house and you're going to follow them because I really love and care for you, life will be different and you'll see a reduction in bullying You'll see a reduction in online harassment. You'll see a reduction in the kids being exposed to sexuality at such a young age. It's us as parents that have to pick up our game plan. I'll give you a perfect example. Last week in Ottawa, a lady said to me, I'm having a hard time taking my kid off of their gaming system. And in my mind, I'm expecting she's got a a 16-year-old boy. I said, how old's your child? She said, she's eight. I think the parents saw my facial expression, and they all were waiting, what's his response going to be? And I said, this is not even an issue. Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing that you actually brought that up. You can't take something away from an eight-year-old. We're failing our kids. Mm -hmm. End of story. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, I was talking to a a pediatrician and a principal in one conversation socially, and they said, because we're bubble wrapping our kids so much and we don't do what you're saying, Paul, (laughs) is that... That we're headed in a really bad situation in society because we're not putting our foot down, and we're being worn down by them. And like we're asking, yeah, negotiating we're, with our kids when we shouldn't be negotiating, it shouldn't even especially on this be an stuff. issue. Seventy percent of children, seven to eighteen years old, have accidentally encountered online porn, often through a web search while doing homework. Paul, you were saying, what was the ser- key search things that uh, porn could come up on? What were the words that you said that my kid would would just put in, and then boom?
3: Well, there's. There's two answers. So let's say they're looking up stuff on Google. Mm -hmm. First, first you can put Google Safe Search in place, which assists in filtering a lot of of the inappropriate content. But where's the number one search engine for images? It's Instagram. So if you had to go to Instagram, and when I was doing some homework, you can type in hashtag dance.
1: Which my girls dance. My girls know what Instagram is. They're obviously not on it. at the ages of five and three. But that seems pretty harmless to yeah. me. Like, even as a dance right, so, mom, right? So, a what a picture hap- put dance.
3: It's called, hash- it's called hashtag hijacking, which is taking a very popular term that's trending. So, let's say leafs, maple leaves are trending right now. Someone takes that popular term, and rather than put a picture of a maple leaf or a fan or something associated with the Toronto maple leaves, they put an inappropriate image. So, people that are scrolling looking for what they generally wanted, which was a Toronto maple leaf picture, You're gonna now come they're going to pornograph. What's going to happen? They're going to click on it because of the curiosity of a child. They're going to go to that picture, and there are going to be multiple hashtags below that, which will lead them to other pornography within Instagram. Or they'll click on the link. It's called um, clickbaits. So they'll click on the link, and when they get to the website, they get paid for it. And it's all a lure. But then they've been exposed to it. You're not going to remove that image from that Mm -hmm. kid's head. And then they're going to find out subsequent pornography on there. So it gets worse and worse and worse. And Instagram has a hard time filtering this because... Although they have great facial recognition technology, the pornographers of the world have figured out a way around it. And if you do happen to come across pornography, you'll notice something very interesting. Images that are on there have very faint diagonal lines or circular lines, which is throwing off anything that basically says this is a pornographic image. So we can make it out, but technology can't figure it out yet. So when I see pornography, I'll report it to Instagram. Within 24 hours, they'll respond and they'll take it down. Unfortunately, Instagram has terms of policy in terms of how you, what you can post up, and there are some things that would say to you as a parent that's revolting, but it doesn't violate the terms of service. And what you see, for example, actually, it's, it's difficult for me to say because I don't want parents to go to it. You can type in certain dancing moves in Instagram, and you'll be led to nothing that is pornographic in nature, but is very sexual in nature. And then when you look at God, the hashtags listed disgusting. below it, you'll eventually mm-hmm. lead to it. Mm-hmm. And this is my biggest issue with Instagram. And I love the product. I want people to follow me on Instagram, except I don't want kids on there. Because I don't want to take away their innocence. And that's what's happening. So we can say we're smart enough not to be not to allow our children to be led on by predators or to be groomed because we watch what they do on Instagram. And that's excellent. But the reality is when they do a search, you cannot prevent that it's absolutely impossible there's no software there's no mechanism mechanism in place for them to stop entering a certain word on your device and then seeing it accidentally because it could be something very very common not specific to the pornography yeah, it has nothing to do with exactly
1: that. wow your stomach turning yet sandra because mine is in knots
2: i can't even because uh i'm gonna speak for a lot of parents now who say like i can't you know paul i know what you're saying I can't be there all the time, and I want them to play, and I'm so tired, and I know I need it. Look, as parents, we know we need to be there. So I guess I have to limit the time they're on it and then sit beside them when how they're about, on it.
3: How about first we start off waiting until they're 13? Because okay. that's what it states. Okay. Yep. You're not 13, get off it. I've got some ideas. Learn to program, go code, and make a difference in the world. Download educational apps. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go and develop a website? Why don't you create a blog? Blogging is amazing and leaves positive digital footprints footprints for years. For the kids to do? For kids to do. Oh, awesome. Go learn how to program an app. All your friends are downloading apps. Why don't you create an app that all of your friends would love on their device? There's so many things that can occupy a child in technology, and social media under 13 isn't one of them.
2: Okay.
1: Well, the chat about online dangers is going, and we're not stopping here. Stay tuned, because we're going to talk more, and we're going to talk about how to keep your kids safe from all this stuff. You're listening to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, on Talk Radio AM 640.
0: You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Talk Radio AM 640.
1: Welcome back to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca. We are here talking about online safety, the dangers of being online. Not so much for us as parents, the moms and dads out there, but for our kids. And we are here to get educated. Right, Sandra? Yes. We are here with Mr. Paul Davis, who is an expert. He is mm-hmm. a social media safety guru, the best of the best. Um, and Paul's Paul's telling us stuff that is scaring the crap out of me I will not lie um but I'm hoping that by the end of this show you guys are gonna have great information to take away and maybe know things that you know find out and and learn about things that you had no clue about um one thing that I'm noticing and Sandra um Mm -hmm. you tell me because my kids are not at that age but I've got nieces and nephews okay Mm -hmm. um all these kids are walking around with cell phones mm-hmm. and tablets. Um, I've got like my godson who has, he's five and he's prob- probably got his first tablet at the age of like two or three. Mm-hmm. I'm not even joking.
2: Because they have the baby versions, like a Fisher Price kind of idea. No, no, no. I'm talking a about an on? iPad. Wow. Yes. Lucky I'm talking kid. about an <laughs>
1: Apple product iPad. And he's probably on his maybe like second or third by now. Okay? Yeah. Um. So... All these kids are have this stuff. Yeah, I want to I want
2: to ask Paul about this about something. Sorry. Yeah, it's Okay, so my so my fr- my girlfriend came over she has three young girls, uh 5 to 10 and they she doesn't have them on iPad at all. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a problem when they go to school because they're learning they're they're, they're growing up in an iPad world, right? So they're being trained because you have to use an iPad in their world as they get older. So where is that line, you know, there's excess, and then there's some parents who have give no access what what do you think is the right thing to do in that case
3: well i believe it depends on the school board you know there's a lot of schools that promote the uh, bring your own device policy to school Mm -hmm. um i wonder how many of them check the um canadian pediatric society they talk about the amount of screen time that a child should have Mm -hmm. and zero to two years of age is no screen time and two to ten years of age uh, they document it as two hours per day so that's
1: a lot. I'm sorry, but that sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. Two hours. And now
3: that's in front of a computer, a tablet, a television. Okay, so, uh, that's all combined. Okay, I'm yes, I'm yes, sorry, yes.
1: Pina, but it's
2: easy. I'm just gonna throw it so out as a parent. Yes. Four to five hours, my kid could sit there.
1: No, you know what, Sandra? I'm not gonna lie. I thought he meant like in front of like um like on a tablet. Ah. But when you're saying all combined, I'm like, okay, yeah, because I I'm. I, I but my know, kid- I put the kids in front of the TV. I admit it. Like I, put I believe it's in front of the TV when I'm cooking dinner. When I just need to get something done, I'm like, here mm-hmm. you go, right? Um. But sorry, what were you going to say? I believe
3: in technology as an instructional tool, absolutely. But I also believe that the school should be providing it because if we allow our yes. kids in mm-hmm. grade... Look, I'm a, I, I'll am subscribe to bring your own device um, in high school. I've seen a lot of benefits to it. Uh, I'll be the one who will argue on the other end when it comes to grade school. If you provide the child technology and it's monitored, I have no issues with it because I can believe it's a wonderful instructional tool. When you bring your own devices... Um, We've got issues. I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. I've talked to countless of teachers who've told me it's a distraction. Will they say something about it? You know, one teacher admitted quite openly, she said, I'm afraid. I don't want to speak about it because this is part of the curriculum. And even though it's a distraction, mm-hmm. it, I'm concerned for my job. Now they'll never go on record, yeah. but I've interviewed many of them and I'm, I'm all for the technology, but I also believe it has to be guided. Guided and there has to be instructional time and there's a school listen i love to plug them it's called the calgary french and international school and they've got this wonderful system which is when students come into the school into the classroom they've got this wall hanger and they bring their device to school but they all place them in their pocket in the wall hanger when they need the device Mm -hmm. they grab them when they're done they put them back Mm -hmm. so a child isn't walking into the bathroom with their friend for no reason because they tech hey let's go and meet each other in the bathroom There's none of that. Where they go to the bathroom, they go to the bathroom with no technology. In fact, when they go to gym, they'll put the device in a pocket. They go into the change room. They go have gym. They go into the change room. They come out. They grab their device. Mm -hmm. And I looked at them and said, you guys have a model school. This is working brilliantly. But it's a private school. They can get away with that. And When mm-hmm. you look at our, our public-based systems, you have a lot of parent pushback saying, "No, I need to connect with my kid at school." Although the policy in most schools is don't text your child or phone your child in school, yeah. and we are there's encouraging no that. There's no need. There's no zero. No, yeah. no need.
2: There's no need. Um, um, there are great pro- learning programs like Raz Kids for learning on iPads and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's another way, like you said, the positive way your kid could go so online. There's
1: so many educational things. Like I know with my iPad, I give the girls about like um, thirty minutes. Of time and then they play together. Um, they love YouTube, which scares me. Um, but I know that there's a YouTube Kids, which actually I learned from you, Paul. Um, so we made sure to mm-hmm. have that version installed. So um, do you block? You don't have the other one downloaded? Is no. Edit? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It we just, just don't have the YouTube have Kids, yeah. which I think you still need to be careful with, right? Um,
3: so every video that goes through YouTube Kids, allegedly or according to YouTube, has been filtered by human eyes. The problem with YouTube is it's the number one visited site in the world, and You know, Let me give you an example. You're listening to a song in the car. Your kid goes home. They visit the number one visited site, which is YouTube. They'll look it up. Mm -hmm, What will they get? They will get the uncensored version of the video. Mm. And I'll give you a perfect example. I was pretending to be a kid. And I'm sorry, I didn't understand all the words he said. But I was listening to a song from the weekend called, what's his latest song? I'm sure you hip kids here now.
1: (laughs) Courtney, Tom, Vince.
3: Oh, Starboy. Okay, So I'm sorry, I don't understand anything about Starboy. So what I did, I go to YouTube. And at the time, I got the video that had 800 million views. And now I'm listening to the words. I'm thinking, wow, that's vastly different from the words I heard in the car. So then (laughs) I type in Starboy lyrics. Well, I'm realizing the chorus has a lot of expletives in it. He makes references to his girlfriend as a bee. He makes references to oh, cocaine. That's so nice. And so, what do kids do? They're going to go home and they're going to look it up and say, Oh, that's what he means. And that's cool. Exactly. I'm
1: going I'm to do that. I'm going to call my friend that.
3: Exactly. And, and then they'll go and watch a video by Ariana Grande. And, oh, uh, yeah, I that's just. That's family programming for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know her music, but I know that her recent single, someone brought it to my attention. So I did the same thing. Went to go look at the lyrics and I right. listened to it and I was like, Oh. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is why she can't walk.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Yeah. Well, the last time I went to a gym, I don't recall women riding the treadmill with uh, with heels on. But apparently in Ariana Grande's video, it's acceptable. And then she brings on that dysfunctional singer called Nicki Minaj, who then sexualizes men and herself. And you're wondering, this is why kids are becoming sexualized at such a very young age, because they're in front of it. Because YouTube is the... It is the... Um, babysitting tool of choice so i recommend getting rid of youtube and downloading like you did youtube kids
1: yeah so So, the kids will they will use that um and then i use it just like you guys were saying sandra and paul for educational uh based uh apps so we Mm -hmm. have like um uh oh my god phonics type Mm -hmm. stuff and learning you know so so we do all that kind of stuff but I'm not kidding you, man. This stuff scares me.
2: Only 15% of parents are in the know about their kids' social networking habits and how these behaviors can lead to cyberbullying. Um, girls are most likely to be targeted than boys when it comes to cyberbullying. 86% of girls claim to be able to conduct online chats without their parents knowing. That's almost all girls. This yeah. is all from guardchild.com. 57% could read their parents' email and 54% could conduct a cyber relationship. That's That's disturbing. 20% of teenage internet users have been the target of unwanted sexual solicitation and 31% of kids have lied about their age to access a website. And this goes back to what Paul was saying was you can't unsee what you've seen. No, you
3: can't. So how do you prevent that? Make sure the kid's the right age. How do you prevent cyberbullying of an 11-year-old kid? Make sure the 11-year-old kid is not in a social network that allows them to be cyberbullied. It's pretty simple. Again, parenting, respect the rules and life changes. But Mm -hmm. when we break these rules and our kids get hurt at such a young age, We seek out help, except the problem is we're the guilty party for putting them in that position to Mm -hmm. get hurt at such a young age.
1: And a lot of it goes back to the fact that these kids have these social media, uh, I shouldn't say social social media, uh, these mobile devices in their hands. And Paul's going to tell us a little bit about what those numbers look like um, when we come back. You're listening to the Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640.
0: Now, back to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca on Talk Radio AM 640.
1: It's The Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640. You are listening to a show where we are scaring the crap out of you parents right now. We are talking social media safety. We're talking about the dangers of social media. We're talking about uh, what us parents have to do to keep our kids safe safe, right Mm -hmm. and and protected and so we have in studio with us today Paul Davis who is a social media safety expert Um, he goes around and he talks to students um, across three provinces three states um, has done Ted talks on this has worked with uh, the police and um, educates parents and so we're very, very excited and honored to have him in studio today with us so he can give us like the tips that we need and educate us so we can protect our kids. So, Paul, I know that um, that you talk every single day. You're traveling uh, to one school or another to talk to students and to talk to their parents and educate them. Um, when you go and you talk to them, you talk to elementary school students mm-hmm. and high school students, correct? Right. Um, this is something I want to know because i I couldn't find a stat on this, so I'm sure that Paul is probably Mm -hmm. the best person to ask. Of these kids that you talk to, how many, because I grew up in a different generation, Sandra, different time as well. How many of these kids nowadays have their own mobile device? Do you know? Can you give me some?
3: I, when I speak to us all, I have three different groups. I speak to grade four, five, six, seven, eight, and then high school. Three different flavors of a presentation. Four, five, six is where I survey. I like to find out how young kids are when they get technology. So I, two of the questions, two of the four questions I ask, number one, how many of you have a smartphone or a cell phone? Number two, how many of you have technology in your bedroom? And I actually define what the technology is. So I don't make it very general. I'm very specific.
1: So like an alarm clock radio, that's what I would think. That's what I have in my. Nope, nope. That's not technology. Computer,
3: iPod, (laughs) iPad, or an Android device. Jeez. So here are the answers. For th- over the past five years, I can tell you that 90% of kids put up their hand. That's why, mm. my, that's why my number 90 is in red when I show the parents tonight. will have technology in their bedroom. Problem number one. I'll ask them how many of you have a smartphone or a cell phone. Now, I can t- give you my number since January, but these numbers in- um, encompass... Alberta and Ontario, and why do I say that? Because Alberta's numbers are always higher than Ontario. Don't ask me why. They wow. Just, yeah, I wouldn't Appar- have thought that. Apparently, when you're born in Calgary, you you know they put an iPhone in your hand in case of emergency. So. <laughs> and I love you guys in Calgary, but it's it's the truth. <laughs> what,
2: what did you tell me offline about? Because uh, I gave my son a cell phone, and I in case of emergency, and you said what? It's
3: worse. Why? Yeah, it's the number one distraction tool out there. And that he should have a flip phone. You should absolutely have a flip phone. Mm-hmm. No one wants to steal the flip phone. Number one, that's a great reason <laughs> to have it. Uh, number two, it dials 911. And, but uh, you know what? If you actually take it seriously, it costs you $15 a month a pay as you go plan. So I'm going to save you $500 a year. Mm-hmm. They'll have a tool in case of emergency. By the way, dialing is simple on a, on a flip phone. Oh, totally. And texting is complicated, meaning they'll text you when they have to. You know how long it takes to dial, <laughs> LOL? It's about 30 <laughs> seconds. So you, now you have an in case of emergency tool. Mm-hmm. You save $500 a year on average because everything you're spending on your smartphone is data and that's all they really use it for. Yeah. They're distracted by it. And so... My numbers since January, up until last week, are just under 40% of kids in grade four, five, six have a device. Hmm. Baffling, grade 4, 5, five and, six. and 6. Now, Sorry, when I percent? ask them. What percent? Four? It's about 39%. Yeah, four, Okay. Wow. When I asked them, why do you have a smartphone? Do you know the number one reason given to me over the past five years? For emergencies. In case of an emergency. Mm-hmm. We all drank the juice when we bought them those $1,000 well, phones. Well, because people
2: watch uh, the shootings in the US and they all think that, you know, right. that's the emergency. Right. I do it for pickup and like if the pickup plan changes mm-hmm. or yeah. going home. Like, but I don't like texting him because I don't want him to get distracted at school. Like that's all I need.
3: Listen, um, if in case of emergency... They're gonna call you when they have to. So the true definition, right? Yeah, they case do. is a problem. Mm-hmm. But the reality is otherwise the smartphone is more of a distraction tool than anything else. Listen, I'm not against technology. Wow. You know, and I don't want the listeners thinking I'm anti. I love tech. I've dedicated my whole life to tech. But there's, there's a,
1: great things. There's
3: right. But there's a time and a place. How about we let exactly. kids focus? Focus on Building uh, interaction with human beings one-on-one, reading facial expressions, making friends, Mm. um, body language, like understanding all the basics of life which will help them be successful because becoming a zombie on a device in grade seven isn't going to get you very far. You're not going to have any interpersonal skills. You're not going to know how to shake hands, how to respect people. Those devices, I get it. I understand why they're empowering, but there's a time and there's a place. And in grade four, you can argue with me all you want. It doesn't belong in their hands.
1: When you go to sign up, you're child that sounds so Mm -hmm. weird and wrong for a social media account whether it be facebook whether it be instagram whether it be snapchat which snapchat they're like oh it's the kids thing you know (laughs) um paul there's an age on there is there not
3: it's all 13 years of age Uh, facebook you have to lie about your age um instagram snapchat you just have to respect the rules and every every social you know okay so there's rules to download the app which is uh, basically app permissions. Read mm-hmm. them. What, what, what are they? And then there are terms of service upon using it. So mm-hmm. Facebook, I think, changes it every couple of months. But it, last I checked was about 13 pages if you formatted Microsoft Word properly. Um, Snapchat was about 11 pages. Instagram was about 10 pages. No
1: one, no, no one reads it. No one reads it.
3: But I can tell you Instagram page one, section one, line one. So if we were lazy parents, we wouldn't have to get past the first third of the page, which states oh my God. you will not use a service unless you're 13 years of age.
1: Hmm. Interesting. This is interesting, it's scary, it's, I don't, I don't even know because I I don't even have the words, but one thing that I know that comes across a lot of these kids' minds and should be, like, number one for us parents, um, a lot of kids probably think, oh, I'm just gonna, I can delete, I'm gonna erase something off the internet that I put out there, so Paul's gonna tell us when we come back, Mm. what happens. Not so much. Right? Does it stay there? Does it disappear? They deleted it. We'll find out we'll what happens. the myth? Mm, let's see. You're listening to The Parenting Show on Talk Radio, AM 640.
0: You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640.
1: Welcome back to the parenting show on Talk Radio AM640. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, of chicmama.ca, and we are talking social media safety. How do we keep our kids safe from all the dangers out there? And trust me, you may not think it's bad, but it's bad and it's scary and it's And it's our fault. It is. We No, at the end of the day. We no, Sandra, it's totally true. You can't blame anyone. But ourselves, are we the ones that put the social media, um, allow them to have these accounts? Mm-hmm.
2: If yes. If we have to set it if up. If we're and- parenting,
1: even yeah. if they, you know, they may do it. Some parents may say, oh, well, I don't know. You know, they did it without me knowing. Are you monitoring their mobile devices that you gave them? Yeah. Because maybe you should, right? Yeah. We're just not educated as parents. I no, don't think we and, know and all we this. need to. And that's why we have Paul Davis in the studio with us today. And he, you can find him on Facebook at Paul Davis Tips, T-I-P-S. Guys, Go like his page mm-hmm. if you're on the parent council at your school me message him so he can come and talk to the students at your school mm-hmm. elementary high school and then give it to all your parents afterwards <laughs> because he doesn't talk with parents as well <laughs> one social media account that i want to talk to uh, i want to talk about with you paul is Snapchat. It's huge. It's big and it's really big with that younger demographic. Right. And a lot of parents think, okay, you know, they put, take a picture, put funny filters on it. Uh, You know what? I play with it on my phone and we do like the dog faces with the kids and we laugh and we have a hoot and it's, you know, it's a good time. But what were you saying? It's the number one, what?
3: Uh, Two years ago in the United States, it was called the number one sexing tool in the United States.
1: Oh, wasn't that fun?
3: Nice. Yeah. Why? Well, it's all based on the on the premise that images delete after they've been viewed by three, five, seven, ten seconds by the recipient. And the reality is that's been alive forever and a day. And Snapchat admitted on May 2014 that they've been lying. They actually paid millions of dollars in fines to the FTC. And a year before that, a group of cyber guys I hung out with proved to me without a shadow of a doubt that images don't delete. And so what I do when I speak to grade sevens, eights, and high schoolers is I actually show them what happens to a Snapchat image after it leaves their screen. I showed them what it looks like, I showed them where to find it, and I told them that up until November of last year, I was able to bring them back to life. It only took 20 minutes per file. Since Snapchat got sued a bunch of times, they changed the file format in which it's been renamed. So as of November, you actually can't bring it back to life. They're still on a device, they're just in a different file format. But the greatest forget about the Snapchat lie, the greatest concern I have about Snapchat is because of this conception that or perception, I should say, I'm sorry, that images delete, people misuse it. And that's why it was coined the number one sexing tool in the United States. So here's what happens. If you take a screenshot of an incoming snap, the person who sent it will be notified. The person yes, saved your pick. Pe- yes, I heard that. Right, and that's that's true.
1: It's like if you screenshot it, like you know, oh, Sandra, you, you, know, you took a screenshot of, of my okay. snap. Right, okay.
3: so what did I have to do? I have to figure out all the ways that people couldn't figure it out. So I've come up with 12 ways so oh, there are 12. So There's there,
1: 12 ways we can do without people knowing. That's, that's great. So there
3: are free apps in the iOS store, in the Google Play store, that actually save snaps without telling the sender that the image was saved. Oh, my goodness. There are hacks around it, and there are screen capturing tools that evade the ability for Snapchat to actually identify to the sender that the image was saved. And the reason I really want to focus on that with students is saying, hey, I'm not against the app. It's a fun app. I know why you like to filter. No, I, I'm not against it. I need the you to know that if you too. misuse it because you believe images delete, this is where you will get hurt. Because whether you know it or not, people are saving your snaps. That's why there are leaks out there of Snapchat images. There are databases of Snapchat images. Why? How can that happen? That's because they got saved and you didn't know about it. And then you get shocked later on. I want kids to use Snapchat with common sense, understand Use it with real human friends, not people you think, you know, you can't know, you might know where, where, you know, it'll get out of control.
1: No, people you physically
3: know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then if you have respect for each other, you're not going to send these inappropriate images. But when your database gets huge, you're going to get an image. I survey kids every day, especially at the high school level. They don't lie. They're very honest. So we can say it's a great app. It can be functionally a great app. Okay, the company lied to you. It can be a great app. Yeah. But I don't want kids misusing it because of this notion that images delete.
1: Moms and dads, you need to listen to what Paul is saying um, because Snapchat is just one example of the many out there. And by you giving your kid that mobile device and, and saying, oh, it's just Snapchat, the dangers out there associated just, it's just Snapchat, um, are huge, okay? And that also, you know, in turn leads to the bullying Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the day it's not that kid you know who's bullying your kid it's not their fault Mm -hmm. it's your own yes so we are going to talk about some ways to make sure your kids are safe you're listening to the parenting show on talk radio am
3: 640
0: Now, back to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Talk Radio AM 640.
1: The Parenting Show is back on Talk Radio AM 640. I'm your host, Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca. We have gotten, well, what do you want to say? Really serious, right, Sandra? Really, Is yes. it really but we had serious to. and scary? We need to shake up parents like me. We do because it's really, really important because we live in a day and age, uh, things have changed. and um, And we need to know. What we can do as parents, as the moms and dads, caregivers, I should say, even the grandparents, aunts and uncles, um, what we can do to help our kids protect them um, from what is out there. And I'm what I'm talking about is a scary part of social media. So Paul Davis is in studio with us today. He is online at Facebook.com slash Paul Davis tips. We're going to put a link on the parenting show page for you. Um, if you want to jump on there, you can catch it after. Um, so, Paul, some tips. For parents for the grandparents what can we do to help protect our kids
3: number one no technology in a child's bedroom computers ipods ipads tablets belong in a common area of the home where parents can supervise what their child is doing and if they're online who they're communicating with so golden rule no technology in bedroom number two respect the rules of technology if it says 13 i have a suggestion wait till they're 13. (laughs) and under 13 let them be a kid let them program let them build websites. Uh, download educational apps, do fun stuff, and productive things on technology. I'd wait for social media until the right age. Number three, make an investment into a router that controls time restrictions. So if you want your child to connect a maximum of two hours per day, oh, buy crazy. them a router that allows them to connect from six o'clock till eight o'clock. And if um, you're tech savvy, and actually you don't, you don't have to be tech savvy. You can just buy an app-enable router. That's what they're called, app enabled routers. And you can contact the toll-free number at the organization, or whoever you bought the app, router from, and you can they'll walk you through setting it up. So if you want your child to connect between 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock, that's it. After 8 o'clock, that device is completely useless online. It's a handheld device. Make a few investments, that would be a minor investment, somewhere between 100 10050 $150. And lastly, talk to your kid every night at the dinner table. Turn all of your phones off as a family, mm. collectively. Yeah. We're not that important. Listen to your child and talk to them. It might be about technology. Hey, what's the most popular app out there? Mm-hmm. How are, what are, are you feeling any peer pressure? Why are they using it? How are they using it? L- understand These the world, great. which will make you a better parent. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: thank you so much, Paul. If you tuned in late and want to catch any of this, please jump on our um, Facebook page. We are at facebook.com slash The Parenting Show. We're going to put our podcast up on there for you guys. Um, As well, um, we are going to link back to Paul's stuff and have uh, some great tips and and more advice for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to catch us next Sunday right here on The Parenting Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. I'm your host, Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca.
2: I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly garvey Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. We talked before about getting your finances in order for buyers. Well, today's tip is for sellers to get their finances in order before they list, including a conversation about bridge financing. What do you mean? In today's hot market, make sure that you're not walking away from a fabulous offer just because the closing date is a couple of days or weeks later than the closing date of the property you already purchased. It's not as costly as you think, and it'll give you some peace of mind with pre-approved bridge financing options. For anyone that I can help, call or email me with any questions. Call her now, hgp at bosleyrealestate.com, 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra.